The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast on our Thursday edition. And we're glad you're with us this morning and commend you for taking a few minutes out of your day uh, to be in the Word of God, whether you're watching this right live here at 11 o'clock or whether you're watching it archive later or listening to it. Uh, we just appreciate the opportunity to be part of your day. And we truly hope that this is an encouragement and a help and hope it inspires you in your walk with God. We're in Psalm chapter 104 this morning. Psalm 104 as we look at a unique chapter that actually spends, I guess you have the context up front, it talks a lot about the power and majesty of God, but it does it through um, the advent of creation. It breaks down in very poetic ways how creation, you know, we kind of, if you actually look at every verse, you can look through the entire chapter and evaluate the six days of creation seen in here. We'll look at the first few and then jump to the end. So I encourage you, as you look at Psalm 104, uh, 104 really, they're not really exactly sure who wrote it. Some believe David, some believe Solomon, uh, but we know it was written very poetically, very in a beautiful, that's why sometimes if you're just looking at, you're saying, I'm missing some of it, how the practical nature of it, simply because it is a poetical, it's a poem, in honoring and worship to God and his majesty and his power. So we're going to look at the first few verses to give you an idea of what it means. What do you mean? How do I, how do I look at it? Then uh, we'll go to the end and finish it up. Psalm chapter 104 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God, thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty. So he starts off the chapter and just praising the Lord and thanking him for his greatness and his goodness. And, and of course, really establishing the precedence of the rest of the chapter. This is a chapter writing for the purpose of praising him. He says in verse 2, Who covereth thyself with light as with a garment, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain. Obviously, uh, light is something that is described, one of the many descriptions of God throughout, throughout the Bible. Uh, we know at one point, even when Moses, he wasn't able to look upon Jesus, and so he saw light. Heaven describes beautiful light when the, in the book of Revelation when John describes it. And so you, know, you look at this, it's obviously describing his clothing as often being used as, as light. But then he stretches out the heavens like a curtain. You know, he's, it begins to talk about the creation, uh, the heavens, what we see. And you know, you look up again the stars. It's, I mean, you think about it. What a phenomenal description of space, and that is a curtain. A curtain of all the beauty. We don't know, I mean, we can't even begin to fathom how far and how vast the beauty of space is and how deep, how many more galaxies there are besides here. And just the vastness of it. And it was just put out there for us to enjoy. Uh, it was just put out there because that's how great God is. And he placed it out there like a curtain. He says, who, cover, um, he says, who stretches out heavens like a curtain. Verse 3, who layeth the beams of his, cha- of his chambers in the waters, who maketh the clouds his chariot, who walketh upon the wings of the wind. Some believe the beams of the chairs of the water may describe the firmament and how he broke the two up to, to break the um, air and the water in the creation scenario. But he continues to make it the clouds. That's just a description. Uh, the, the clouds and everything in space are his chariot. He, he can travel back and forth. And uh, several other passages of scripture reference something very similar, quote this, and, or this quotes them either way. But uh, so that's the only time in scripture is described. But we just see the great majesty of God and how what we see is the clouds and space and all that. That's his, that's his place. That's where he lives and he travels. Um, verse 4, who maketh his angel spirits, his ministering, his ministers of flaming fire. So we look at this, makes his angels spirits. And one of the things that I, 
I look at that when I see this, is he makes, many believe that maybe in the six days of creation is where God created the angels. Uh, but we see they are ministering spirits. And it's interesting because the angels are very different than we are. Angels are supernatural beings. Uh, we as humans are human, and there's obviously a, a, a great distinct difference, our, our limited nature. Uh, but we're also, we've never, you know, uh, we, we have come to the cross, we can come to the cross and call upon Jesus. The angels don't, aren't able to say that. They aren't able to enjoy the relationship that we have with Jesus. They have a very different relationship, but they are in heaven to minister to him. And verse 5, who laid the foundations of the earth that it should not be removed forevermore. Now we know one day that God is going to destroy this current earth and he's going to build another. Uh, but the fact is, he says, until that time, it's going to be fine. It's going to stay stable. Um, <clears throat> we're going to see that God's got a plan, and this earth is going to be able to make that plan. And we know, he goes, but you think about it, just in, in its place in space, you know, it's an old, old thought. Some have said that if the earth were one, one, one what, inch or one centimeter, whatever, closer to the sun, we'd burn up. It was one centimeter, um, uh, centimeter further, whatever, degree, degree further, we'd freeze. It is placed in the one place that we can enjoy what we do in life-sustaining Earth right now. That's why the other planets in our galaxy are just not sustainable. And then we look at just the amazement of how God designed everything, including the Earth, and where, where we live and all that happens in it. And we see the amazement of how he creates just for us and his, his handiwork in all of this. Um, verse 6, Thou coverest it with the, uh, with the deep as with the garment, with the water stood above the mountains. He says you covered it and created all of the water. Then verse 7, At thy rebuke they fled, and the voice of thy thunder, they hasted away. So the water was there, and then it fled away out to the oceans, creating, uh, like they did in the, um, the flood in Genesis 6, uh, the waters fled away, you know, leaving indentions, and they're creating the mountains and valleys and the landscape that we enjoy today. So he says, your voice, it moves. Verse 8, they go up by the mountains, they go down by the valleys into the place which thou hast founded for them. So again, talking about the water. Now we could go on verse by verse and break down or talk about um, the different aspects of creation and how this poetic nature talks about creation. But what I want to do is take the last couple of minutes and go down to verse number 33. Actually, let's go to verse 32. He says, He looketh, God looketh on the earth, and it trembleth. He touches the hills, and they smoke. And they smoke. You look at the fact that his, his, cre his relationship with the earth is still existing, and you can see some of the natural reactions that come volcanoes, earthquakes, you can see some of the reactions that come as he looks down upon his own creation. In verse 33, I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. My meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. Let the sinners be consumed out of the earth. Let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise ye the Lord. So he ends again with praising. I want to praise you and Lord, and let the sinners be dealt with and let, let us have this earth that you've created. You know, you look at creation and you say, you know, why would so much aspects of scripture beyond Genesis 1 reference just creation so much? It's interesting that a teenager asked me last night as um, he's, he's, talking to some friends that, about religion, about God, and he said, if God wasn't here, we didn't create, there'd be no purpose. He's right. And, and I mentioned something to him that I've referenced many times. Uh, creation is one of the foundational premises of God, of who we believe in God, who God is, and all that he does in our lives. He's one of the foundational premises of it. We can trust him because we can look around and see he's great. We see his majesty. We see his sovereignty. We see his power. We see his create, creativeness, creativity. Uh, we see his intelligence just in the human body alone. 
that we see all of this just in creation. So when you look at creation, you see the amazement of God and how amazing he is. But you know, you also see his power and majesty. You see his existence. You see, the reason the secular world fights so hard for us to believe in evolution over creation is because the moment we believe in creation or what scientists term use today, intelligent design. Many scientists don't want to believe in God, but they will clear in some kind of intelligent design. The, the thing is, the moment you believe in intelligent design, you believe that the earth and everything around it and, and, and you know, our galaxy and the us, we were created. Well, if we're created, we're no longer an accident. We're no longer just a fluke. And if we're created, then we have a creator. We have somebody that technically we're accountable to. Someone who's created us. And our human nature, the world's human nature, doesn't like that. We don't want to submit to a superior being. Although Romans 1 describes the fact that we were all born or created with something built into us that knows there's a superior being. That's why religion is so popular in our world today. It also says one of the other ways we can know is creation. So we describe that God placed in us as a realization there is a superior being. And that evolution points to God. Oh, excuse me, I said that wrong. Creation points to God. And that's why evolution is the premise of everything. If you can eliminate and say that we're just a fluke, then you eliminate pretty much the foundation of everything we would hold about God. And this is an example of it. He looks at the majesty of God based upon the creation all around us. And, and so we hold strong to this. We, you know, we hold strong to the fact that God created us. God created the universe. This is not an accident. And I like what the young man said last night. If God did not really create us, then we, there is no purpose to life. Why are we here? What's the purpose of existence? And it's very depressing. We don't have to live that way because God created us. He knows us. You know, in his creation, he knows you. He knows what you were going to look like, what you were going to sound like. He knows the battles you're going to go through. He knows the victories you're going to see. He knows you personally, and he knew you before he had created any of this. We see the creation of God. We see a God who loves us. And yes, unfortunately, because sin's in the world and he allows our free will to have its way, there are some bad things happening in the world right now. And it's hard sometimes to justify what's God doing. He created this, but he allows us. And yeah, it's something we're always going to struggle with. But we do trust in the fact that God is still in control. Ultimately, while he, in his sovereignty, he gives us free will. And we look at this and say, I don't know what's going on. And I'm kind of you know disappointed about what's going on now, but I trust God. That's what we put our trust in. We trust God and and allow him to have his way in our lives. Thanks for the opportunity to be part of your day on this Thursday morning. It's a great privilege to be able to teach the Word of God at any time, and the fact that you are watching or listening to this is always an encouragement to me. We hope it's encouragement to you, hope it inspires you, and hope that days like today you find strength in the fact that God knows you, that God loves you, and he will always be there for you. Again, thanks again for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you.